1: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
2: In front of me sits a young man with an appearance to die for who seems to be as beautiful on the inside as on the outside. He managed to create a career as an actor and a fashion model, but it was in the important role of the leukemia warrior he conquered the world. All the way from Stockholm to London and Hollywood, in his drive to beat one of the worst enemies to human life in the world today. Along on the battlefield with no curtains drawn, he revealed all about what it's like to really fight for your existence. This is Tell Your Story. Welcome Fabian Bolin. You are the son of a Swedish opera singer and your mother works at the Royal Dramatic Theatre in Stockholm. So maybe it's not so hard to understand and to see where you got all your creative talent from. (laughs) You are also blessed with being really, really good looking and handsome.
3: Wow, thank you. (laughs) uh,
2: (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, And that's really my honest uh, meaning. And uh, I guess I'm not the only one who thinks so. Because you have been working as a fashion model for a long time. And uh, besides that, you are a successful actor.
4: I'd like to think that, at least.
2: (laughs) (laughs) At least you are educated at New York Film Academy in Burbank.
3: yeah.
2: In Los Angeles. Yeah. And uh, at the Brian Timoney... Timoney?
4: Brian Timoney, yeah.
2: Actor's studio in London. Yeah. And the list doesn't stop here. You seem to be smart as well. (laughs) Because this was all followed by education at the Stockholm School of Economics here in Sweden. And a career in finance. uh,
4: Exactly. Um, Actually, I went... First of all, uh, I went to the New York Film Academy in 2008, and then I actually went straight to Stockholm School of Economics before I then um, went back to to acting. Yes. So you sort of like I didn't first study acting and then went into business. Yeah. So the whole thing was, well, I, I had dreams of um, my dreams emerged uh, when I was around 17, 18, pretty late. Mm-hmm. For coming from a pretty sort of like creative family, but I just hadn't really thought about what I wanted to do until sort of, you know, 1920-ish, which is when I went to L.A. to study. And I loved, um, really loved studying acting there. Yes. Um, However, when I was enrolled at the New York Film Academy, I actually got a letter from the Stockholm School of Economics Mm -hmm. uh, in Stockholm. Uh, That uh, just saying that I was accepted. Uh, Mm -hmm. I applied for the school because I didn't know um, when I applied for the New Film Academy whether I would love acting or not. So it was more about sort of as a safety measure and a backup plan. Um, I didn't want to actually, I didn't want to enroll at the business school. However, I spoke to my parents and also actually my acting teachers and they said, you know, you're relatively young still. Uh, You should get three years of business studies um, before uh, just to have that as a safety backup in life. And then you can sort of like confidently move into acting uh, with the knowledge that, you know, in case shit hits the fan, you can always move into business.
2: And the thing is that acting is also business.
4: Indeed. That's what I've learned quite a lot uh, later on in life, Mm -hmm. um, especially now that I... Sort of following the three years of, of business studies, I actually went to, uh, to practice uh, practice as an investment banker for about two years mm. uh, in London. That's mm. what initially brought me to London. Yes. Yeah. So, what
2: degree did you take at the uh, Stockholm School of Economics?
4: Uh, I was a bachelor in in, in finance.
2: Yeah. You know, um, it seems to me that you have been spending a lot of time on your yourself and your career. Mm-hmm. and um, still you manage to be very popular, and it seems uh, to me that you have a lot of friends, a lot of childhood friends still. How do you manage to uh, be so selfish and still be so uh,
4: popular? Uh, well, um, I wouldn't know if I'm that popular, <laughs> but but um, I think I've, I've sort of filtered out, I think, in general... Um, when people are younger you have a lot of friends and i think i've 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 filtered out quite a lot of my friends and and I'm, i've stuck with a core group of close friends that um actually in london that i lived with
3: mm-hmm.
4: which uh, enabled me to actually spend time with with my best friends um because i was living with them you know um but it's all about priorities, you know, even though my, my life right now is, you know, working as an, an artist or, or any sort of like self-employed kind of job, you know, you need to, um, I think routine is a key word to get somewhere. In life, because I found in the beginning when I went into acting that um, I just kept working and working and working I kept sending you know hundreds of emails to directors I, I spent hours and hours in social media you know sent out like fifteen tweets a day and, you're
2: not and shy in social media
4: i'm not no no mm-hmm. i don't think i don't think um, someone once said when it comes to social media like whether we like it or not, if you're going into an industry where the whole point is that uh, you need to get people to like you for what you are and what you can bring to the table, you know, it's, it's, um, you're not hiding away as an actor. It's, it would be the same as if I were a plumber and I wouldn't like to get my hands dirty. You know, it's just a part of the job. And I think it just, it's, it's, I don't want to say stupid, but but it's just not practical to, as an artist to not uh, be willing to actually put yourself out there and show show the world what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, then of course there are you know there are degrees. Uh, I think I've been very very out there. You have been
2: very very out there because, um, you know, I know and you know that there is no such a thing as a perfect life. No, but more or less from the outside, uh, yours looked pretty much awesome.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, well. When something really, really horrible and unfair happened to you, and that's something that um, uh, horrible enough can happen to anyone, any time, right? S- sadly, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were in the middle of your life, creating your dreams, and um, how do you feel? About being interrupted like that by cancer.
3: Yeah, uh,
4: it came as a, a complete shock. Uh, to be honest, I was um, uh, at a sort of like a. I was in the middle of a. I was at a crossroads actually at, at the point when I got my diagnosis. Yeah. Because I was um, the career in London had been, had been going well, but I was looking to move to the states to continue my career there so i just came home to sweden um for a quick sort of holiday summer holiday visit with my parents and on the day that i got home i I was diagnosed on the same day yeah the very same day i've been feeling quite um down like uh under the weather pretty much for Maybe a month, one and a half before that. You know. It's how
2: did you how how did your um, health status change? How how?
4: Uh, f- well, it, it all started with I, I actually remember. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I remember that that morning or like a couple of mornings in a row, mm. I just felt so extremely tired. Uh, I woke up. You know, I, I've gotten my usual eight nine hours of sleep or whatever. Eight hours of sleep. And I just woke up. I felt so tired. You know, I couldn't, like, understand, like, why. I couldn't grasp why. But a couple of days in a row, I just felt extremely tired. So
2: Tired in a different kind of way? Yeah,
4: like, mentally exhausted. Yeah. So I thought initially that maybe I've hit some kind of wall. Or maybe I'm just... The maybe maybe well. I'm actually... I I've, 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 I've hit some kind of depression... Uh, overworked, overstressed. Um, I've, I've been living uh, pretty, you know, rough in terms of with the with the artist profession. You do a lot of networking, and sometimes some weeks you find yourself you being out, you know, you know meeting people um, four or five times a week. Uh, a lot of work, a lot of uh, model jobs and and uh, roles, and just overall uh, stress. So I, I, I figured that maybe, you know, maybe it's just my body sending me a signal to sort of calm down. Uh, but it, just, it didn't go away over sort of the following two or three weeks. Did you do
2: something to try I didn't,
4: to- no, uh, which was you stupid. You didn't sleep
2: more than usually and you were not No, Well, no,
4: I, tr- no uh, well, I, I slept a bit more, but I was, I was constantly tired because I knew knew that I would be going home to Sweden for uh, some holiday, you know um, I figured I'd, I just I go through with it and uh, then I rest uh, comfortably in, in Sweden but um, i uh, it just got worse uh, I started sweating, I started aching at different parts of my body. Yeah, sort sweating
2: of like, like uh, all the time yeah or? like all
4: the time it was obviously my I obviously had leukemia in my system I, yeah. I had cancer in my blood but I, I wasn't aware um, the week before I left was just it started to like my whole body started to like the whole situation started to deteriorate it was escalating I, I felt I was um, I was drained of all energy uh aching everywhere and f- for some stupid reason i didn't in the muscles or yeah like in the in the lymph nodes like you have mm-hmm. them here my legs uh headache all the time uh f- my body was like fighting a battle like my immune system at the time was fighting a battle um but then i went home um i flew home i nearly fainted on on the the flight back to to Stockholm, and I got home, uh, and the same night I went to the hospital because I I I'd gotten this tumor in my chest that.
2: Um, At what made point it, uh, did you decide that I did you understand that I really have to go to the hospital?
4: Uh, yeah, because I, I had this um, aching in my chest, like around here, like around the uh, what do you call it, like the solar plexus, that part. Um and uh, we went out for dinner with my uh, me and my parents, and at some point during the evening, I just felt like um I, I started having trouble breathing yeah, and it's so I,
2: hard to imagine to, yeah, how does it feel to not be able to breathe I, i've been thinking about it so. yeah
4: well it's not It just it didn't come as a you know it's like. It, it, it sort of like crept on me, like slowly. Um, that the uh, breathing
2: became up shorter and shorter. Yeah, that you exactly. Breathe down. Properly.
4: Yeah, it, it's it just got heavier and heavier, and it felt like I got less and less oxygen per uh, breath take. Uh, and I just remember reading that you know if you if, if you have trouble breathing, you need to go to the the hospital straight away see a doctor because it can be a matter of minutes you know if, if something's really wrong so we went in and um, to the emergency in Stockholm a and, and, uh, Central Hospital and uh, they sent me through x-ray and two hours later they said that we don't know yet what it is but we can see that you know it's something <laughs> it's like something's going on like there, we can see this this uh, shape or there's some kind of um deformity in your chest that we need to look further into. And the day after, they uh, just came and told me that I had leukemia.
2: So, I mean, the leukemia, did it come from uh, metastasis, from this uh, tumor? Or did the tumor come because of the leukemia? Yeah,
4: yeah, it's it's funny. It, it took me a while to to understand yeah. why I, I got a tumor. Because normally, if you have, like, brain cancer or if you have, like um, – in the uh cervix or whatever you get like a tumor at that specific place but yes. blood cancer is like leukemia is blood cancer is it's in the blood right it's everywhere but apparently it's it's very common to get uh some for, uh, kind of tumor and mine was uh in in my chest
3: yeah
4: but no no it's it starts from the bone marrow basically you have this uh abnormal cell f- um yeah it's it's the bone marrow basically that starts to produce yeah. the leukemia.
2: You know, I'm going to tell you something. I mean, I I've seen blood cancer um yeah. really close cuz my mother died from myeloma. Oh. And wow. you cannot I'm, I'm secure. Really sorry about that. And the leukemia. I mean, y- you were lucky enough to get the leukemia, so to say because I mean, you can get uh, well. You can I
4: yeah, yes. it's first of all I'm sorry to hear about the mm-hmm. mother. My condolences. Um, yeah, but
2: that's also why I feel for you so so yeah. strong because I, I know what you're going through because I've experienced it. You know, as um,
4: sadly, so many yeah, so many people have. It's it's it's, um, it's such a common brutal disease that has affected pretty much everyone. And I think in, you in don't
2: really get it until you've seen it. But you when don't. you when you when you do, it takes over everything.
4: It's it does um it I had no clue about cancer before I got it like i I didn't i I'd obviously heard a lot about it and some people in my in, uh, like my not my closest family but in my family relatives have gotten it and uh, but no it's it's people are. Uh, quite badly informed about what it really means. Yeah. To, to go through something like cancer.
2: And I mean, when when it happens to you, you um, you wonder how can people not do more if they only knew. Yeah. What this means, how it affects everyone.
4: I know. Yeah. But, you,
2: but and that's also why I I want to honor you because you you've done a fantastic um, job. I mean, you turned your. <laughs> your troubles into... Uh, with the blog. With the blog. I mean, uh, you've been really transparent and open. We were talking about social media before. Yeah. And uh, you really took the facade away and showed everyone exactly what you were going through.
4: Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's it came very natural to me.
2: But you, But most people, they just go and hide.
4: I know. It's, but you didn't do it, and I, I, and it's
2: so important that uh, people get um, get to know. Yeah.
4: I, I figured uh, it's about time someone really tells you know, discloses the 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 truth that what it means to to go through. Perhaps not the full journey, but at least the first couple of months. Um, just document what it really means, and and to give people a better understanding because. So many people sadly I'm gonna go have to go through it. It's so uh,
2: important to join forces, yeah, against cancer, and also that uh, people who get sick from cancer uh, often get very lonely.
4: They get very lonely. The isolation is
2: it's a killer as well.
4: It's a, it's a killer. It's uh, it's been probably that, and the fatigue, basically, the exhaustion. Are like the isolation and the exhaustion are the two main, like the, the the hardest part with going through cancer. Yes, the the treatment in itself is horrible at points. You know, it's um, it's <laughs> yeah, it, it it can be quite painful. But pain is something that goes away. You know, it's it's the endless uh, exhaustion and. Uh, also, not being able to hang out with friends in a normal way,
2: and you cannot uh, because of health reasons as well. Because you get really sensitive, and
4: indeed, the infection risk uh, goes up quite a lot because the immune system goes. Um, the, the immune system is wiped out yeah. uh, by the. Um, the cell toxins yeah.
2: so what has happened to you uh, from from the day that you got diagnosed the, the day when you came to Sweden and until today
4: are you the same
2: are you the same person are you the same Fabian <laughs> no
4: um, I'm not I've uh, I've changed quite a lot um, it's given me a perspective and a breather and I, I keep telling people that when they ask me about you know What's you know, yeah, if I get that question. It's 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 in one way, I actually do I, I am actually happy that I got cancer because it enabled me to sort of like step back and look at my life from perspective and, and distance. And and you know, the way I was living and I'm sure quite a lot of people can relate was pretty stressful. Um pretty you know I was constantly planning two years ahead. I uh, was um, always, you know, I, I was I was pushing myself so much and so many different, like on all levels, um, and I was I was sometimes struggling. Like I, I've asked myself whether I was really whether I've been really happy over the last six seven years. Um, yes, I've done things that I've enjoyed, but. Sort of like the more genuine happiness um, because of, you put so much, like at least me, I put so much pressure on myself to succeed uh, in, in whatever I do. Uh, that's come in the way of just enjoying the moment. And, mm. and yeah, I, I think I've changed in a way that I'm a m- lot more calm now. I'm calmer as a per- person because it forces you. I used to be very impatient, I, I still am quite yeah. impatient.
2: Are you but, a perfectionist?
4: Uh, no, uh, I wouldn't like no, I wouldn't say that. But I'm like my big, two biggest, I don't know, virtues or weaknesses. I'm depending on how you look at them, are impatience and hyperactivity. And when you get something like this, you're forced to just like take it easy,
2: slow down,
4: slow down. Um, Because you you don't have the energy. In the beginning, I was like, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And and I came up with these uh, bracelets that I've started selling. And I I was just very, very active. But I got so tired from it. Uh, You
2: were documenting everything. And you were writing long texts.
4: Very Not long text. texts. Yeah. yeah, very, very long texts. And
2: very honest uh, texts.
4: Yeah. I, I figured if you wanna like if you're gonna do it you might as well go like do it properly and
2: ambitious. Uh,
4: yeah. And you know really say because like I, I I just thought about what what people might find interesting in a blog like this. And yeah, of course, the treatment. It's interesting for people to understand, but I I, I, I figured...
2: So so you mean that you were thinking about uh, the audience?
4: I I, I was, in a sense, you know, um, I was... I just, just, no. Well, before I started, I figured, what what would I like to hear? Like, what's interesting here? And I figured, well, to me, this sort of like the psychoanalysis of a person, like, so... Uh, is like whatever happens with someone in the middle of life getting cancer yeah like what are my thoughts and my feelings i decided that that is probably what people want to hear well like that's at least i'm going to make that one of the main parts of of uh of uh the blog just Mm -hmm. i I decided to share my thoughts yes because that's Personal, and it's, that's that makes it interesting.
2: But did you get a little bit obsessed by showing everything? By
1: uh, yeah, I did. In a
4: sense, uh, in the beginning, definitely.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush.
4: also because um i was pretty i I was taking quite a lot of meds and they do things to your brain uh and my so my parents i had my parents reading everything before i posted posted and they were like you can't write this and you can't write this i wanted to be i wanted to be even more honest yeah (laughs) about some things and they're like it just it's it's not worth it. Like it doesn't help. Some things about yeah. Obviously, I won't share them now. Yeah, come <laughs> but, on. <laughs> <no>. uh, Dare, <laughs> but no, no. It was it was ninety five percent, like ninety eight percent truth. Mm. All of it.
2: Did he go back and edit afterwards?
4: No, no. I haven't. I haven't.
2: Did he go back and read it?
4: No. No. I haven't read it. Like I and and I, I'm gonna go through it. Maybe I'm not sure.
3: No. Uh,
4: I might go through it at some point. Um, there was so much happening. Like so was going on in my brain. I, I can't really remember everything from that first month. There's so much. The shock. Like I think the brain is in shock.
2: It seemed to be chaotic.
4: Very. Like you're thrown into this, like carousel, like this madness. Uh, doctors and appointments everywhere and so many people are talking to you giving you so much information take so many pills a day and in all of this you're still like questioning whether you're going to live or not because in the beginning you don't know No, you don't like there's a 70% chance thanks to cancer research at least mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. to survive something like this but still there's 30% chance you're going to die and that's also there I didn't think about it I, didn't, I decided not to you know um, put my mind to, to the possibility of, of of dying. But obviously I knew. So there's so much going on and and there's so much for the brain to process. So
2: what did you think when you when you got this information that said there is a thirty percent chance I'm not gonna live?
4: Uh
2: how how do you
4: Well I didn't I just I was never really uh, scared of dying. Never. No, I, um, I sort of knew. You would live? Knew, yeah, I knew I would. I would live through it. I, I had that inner feeling. I was. I was pretty co- like confident. I would survive it. Um, it was never really an option for me. Um, that I would make it. Mm. And, yeah, I've, I've stuck to that. And I think that mindset is quite important.
2: I think so, too. To
4: have, you know, you need to, you can't focus on, it's 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 not just, you know, cancer. It's it's everything in life. You know, you focus on the bad, like, the bad uh, stuff. Bad stuff is going to happen. Mm. Um you need to focus on what's positive yes. and just, you know, put your mind A to A prayer
2: know. to the light.
4: Indeed. Mm. Definitely.
2: So how do you feel today?
4: Mm. I feel tired um, because I've, oh, I feel happy because I've gone through uh, the worst part. Like the worst is behind me now, finally. So this whole treatment is, is sort of like split into three stages the first one is um, sort of getting rid of cancer, like getting rid of the cancer from the blood. It's a common misconception. When I meet people, they think that I actually have cancer in my blood. I don't. No. I got rid of that after about a month. Um, I got so much chemo in the beginning. Just They, they
2: g- gave you extra strong. You oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because definitely. You're, because you're young. and.
4: Exactly. Yeah, I got the same treatment as uh, a baby. Would yeah, I got the same treatment as a baby would yeah. uh, uh, get. Really? Would yeah.
2: A, would a baby, are are they not more sensitive? You no, would.
4: Uh, one would think that, yes? but no. Uh, no, they're stronger. They're the strongest. They're um, like their um, ability to to regenerate is uh, like by far, like it's much stronger mm. than for someone like me. So up until thirty, you. Um, Nowadays, you get the, uh, the the children version of the treatment, mm-hmm. and I'm 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the uh, if you're 30 or above, you get a, a a less sort of intense treatment. But yeah, they they just bombarded me with uh, chemo until they got rid of it. Um, and then the next, then a lot of people. Seem to be confused about the fact that I keep getting chemo, but it's because of the fact that there's a high risk of of the leukemia cells actually returning to my blood. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you need to. The whole treatment is two and a half years. Um, not as intense all the time, mm. but you need they they keep um, they keep giving me chemo just to make sure that. The body doesn't, like, or well, the, the bone marrow doesn't start uh, to
2: produce, uh, produce
4: the leukemia cells again. Yeah. Um, but that part, like, that's the phase one is to get rid of the cancer. The phase two has been from, like, month two up until now has been very intense. And for another two years? No. The phase three is for another two years. Okay. Which just started... And it's going to be much less intense. And I can, I'm looking forward to sort of returning to my life and my mm. career.
2: What do you want to do now? Do uh, you feel freedom?
4: Uh, yeah, I do feel um, not yet. But yeah, I'm definitely you happy. You sense freedom? I can sense it. I can smell it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move back to London.
2: You're moving back to London?
4: Yes. Okay. That's the, that's the plan. Is that w-
2: your favorite place on earth?
4: Yeah, I think so. Why? No, well
2: why uh, do you what what do you like about London?
4: It's just it's just the vibe. Uh it's such a um, the people there are amazing. Um it's like ten million people. There are the more British. people <laughs> than British, indeed. <laughs> um they're very I just I love it. It's it's such a um, energetic city that has it all. You know, uh you can meet all kinds of people. Um, but what
2: do you like to do in London? What do you do? I act. You act.
4: Yeah, yeah. I work. It's it's because of my like my career. That's why you know it's, it's it's becoming the film city of the world.
2: But when you vision your future life in London, yeah. how how will your days look like? What
4: will mm. you do? Well, in in you know my normal day, I would wake up. Um, I would go to the gym, and then I would have. Um, casting mm-hmm. or two for uh, maybe a TV part or a film part or maybe a commercial and then I might have uh, a model casting um, and then I probably have uh, some kind of meeting schedule. It's all about networking in this industry so you try and meet as many people as possible within the industry and, and collaborate with them on different, if I can give them something, they can give me something.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and, yeah, if not that, I'll be at a job. Yeah. Yeah, working on a film or um, or something like that.
2: And what about social media? I mean, because, because of this uh, cancer yeah. um, uh, journey that you had and because of your openness in social media, you became a little bit of an um, international... Um you get some got some international fame? Uh,
4: we yeah, Didn't it's you? it's it's been uh, pretty hyped, you know, the Please. the What happened? Uh well, you know, f- just a lot of people have uh, caught up on the story and I think I think I um satisfied a uh, demand, you know, with my story. There yeah. are so many people that are being affected. A huge
2: need to talk exactly. about this. Exactly. Yeah. To get attention to this. Yeah.
4: But I'm gonna, yeah, I'm uh, I'm determined to keep going. I might not forever be documenting the story in terms of a, like a, as a daily kind of, um, you know, j- journal. But yeah. uh, I'm gonna keep working with the um, the concept war on cancer.
2: Yes, to fund money
4: to research. Exactly. You know, I think it's it makes me very happy to, in order just to be able to give something back you know uh the reason why i'm alive is because of cancer research and i'm going to use uh my uh, uh fame you know and and everything to sort of like try and, and raise money going forward for cancer research and hopefully be able to to uh, help out to find a f- the final solution.
2: I really think your bracelet uh, is uh, a nice bracelet.
4: I actually brought one for you. Did you? Yes. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Thank you very no, but much. I
2: want to buy it from you. I want to, uh, you know... No, that's all
4: right. You can have it. Then it's uh, I <laughs> it's uh, coming up to Christmas. Then I will
2: anyway donate the money to cancer research. Please do. Yes, I will.
4: <laughs> well, no, the the bracelets have uh, they're a huge success. We're uh, really proud of them, and I think
2: it should be the Christmas present of the year.
4: Yeah, we um, definitely we're uh, we're selling a lot of them right now around Christmas, and I think next year we will probably push it harder you know the first year we we're running it but it's everything is looking great there's mm. a lot of interest not only from from um consumers but also from stores and stuff like that so we're going to have um we're going to have a sit down and just think through the strategy you know i'm um i want to work with it and i want to yeah. make it part of my life you know too yeah
2: i can understand that
4: yeah Add to my legacy
2: yes yeah 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 important <laughs> legacy, so I was I have to ask you I mean, if you would say something today mm-hmm. to the person you were before this happened to you yeah, what would you say
4: uh and that's
2: also what would you say to everyone else who didn't uh, didn't uh, have this um, experience yeah, maybe not yet, and hopefully never
4: uh, do you mean from a um like a a cancer's perspective.
2: Yeah, I mean. Or like, as a as, as a person, I mean, what would you with this knowledge, and how this experience have transformed you? Yeah, sort of. Well, yeah, what would, would you what would you say to yourself before yeah, this
4: happened? I would uh, say to myself that yes, you know, you can strive for success in life and strive for, but. Um, you know, you can work hard. Um, However, have a sit down and think about what actually makes you happy in life and try and sort of like take a breather every now and then because, like, it's a bit of a cliche, but, you know, life is actually now, and I, I didn't personally feel before before this that I, I lived. I didn't really experience much. I, I never looked up. I never... When I was walking somewhere, I was in my own thoughts, in my own head. I wasn't able to look at, you know, the people around me, or I was just constantly... Uh, I was sort of... I, I felt distant. So I would advise myself to just actually try and experience something, try and feel something for real. Um, because before you know it, you know, another ten years are gonna have passed, gone and and you'll be sitting there sort of wondering what the hell happened with it all. Um, life is quite short, I think. It's you know, you just have this and and yeah, it's it's uh it's a delicate thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but, but definitely. I it makes sense. Yeah, but that's. Um,
4: yeah, it's it's uh, just calm down a bit, and you know, it's it's not. Don't rush it too much. Yeah. Sometimes you know the, what makes people most happy is, you know, love and being with friends, not the career.
2: Yeah. But still, you seems to be ambitious and uh, go for the career and.
4: Yeah, I f- it's. I think it's in my DNA. I I will. That's just you. Yeah, I will. i also because now I, I'm I'm, the most happy I think when I'm on a film set. Yeah. And I,
2: I, and I didn't mean that's something wrong with being ambitious. I no, mean, that's no, no. also about taking care of time and being here now and doing what you love and, exactly. and, and dare to do it. And that's also one part of it to maybe some people don't – something is holding them back from
4: doing what they want to do. Sadly, yeah, a lot of people have s- secret dreams.
2: You don't seem to be that kind of person, but
4: um, – I No, I wouldn't have – Quit banking if, you know, I, I made a choice to, to quit investment banking, which is obviously a, a pretty good career and um, very well paid and, and all of that. But I, within myself, I knew that I had another dream
3: mm-hmm. and
4: my, my, the only, I, I'm not afraid of a lot of things. Like I, I'm not, the concept of risk has never been a, an issue for me to no. take risks in life. But the only thing do you I, like I, to take risks? I love it. You do? Yeah, it drives me.
3: Yeah,
4: uh, risk. Uh, what
2: is it that you love about risks?
4: It just—I don't know. I get, I get bored easy. Uh, easily, you know. I I want to wake up and feel that my life is an adventure, and that I don't know, you know, what's going to happen the next week, and if I don't know what's going to happen today and tomorrow. You know, it's. I want my days to be different and. I am not afraid to to just throw myself out there. Mm-hmm. I guess it's, it might come from the way I've been raised. Uh,
2: how how were you
4: raised? I was well I was raised with um, very supporting parents, you know. They just they said that just go for it. So, like whatever you want to do, sort of go for it and like properly just uh we're behind you as much as we can, and and we're gonna back you up. But just pursue happiness. And I know, of course, that that is not the case for every child no. growing up. You know, had I been growing up in the thir- third world, my life, I probably wouldn't have become an actor. No, because of you know there, you know I. There's a risk of me, ending up in the street or whatever, but. I never really felt... I felt pretty sort of like secure in my life. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Maybe
2: it's easier then to take risks... Definitely. If you If you feel safe... Um, definitely.
4: It is. You know, on your baseline. Yeah, definitely. It's... Uh, and, and I think everyone growing up in the first world kind of... You now, during these kind of circumstances, um, that we have food on the table and... We don't have to fear for our lives and diseases yeah. and everything. It's pretty solid, you know, at least yes. in Sweden and all of Northern Europe or whatever. We should be quite grateful for that. Yeah. Uh, but we're not. We're just, we're used to it. Mm. But I think a lot of our kids grow up in, in, a, in a completely different, during completely different circumstances, like India or whatever. Yeah. Like, can you imagine for many people growing up there, they don't have the opportunities that we have?
2: Mm. What would you? It's uh, almost Christmas now. Mm-hmm. What uh, what do you wish for <laughs> from Santa Claus?
4: I don't know. No. Um, I'm just. I'm. I'm. I haven't really thought about it. I don't. I don't have anything. I, I just want to be. Um, I wish that I would not be as tired as I am right now. I'm not tired right now, but I'm just pr- I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm exhausted. I yeah. can have this like constant exhaustion, yeah. and I'm hoping like now when the worst part of the chemo is over, yeah. like the, the the treatment. But you I'm don't hoping-
2: look tired.
4: No, no. thank you. <laughs> but it's 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 just you know you get used to it. The body just justs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just hoping to be able to uh, enjoy a couple of good evenings with. Friends and family, and and I have nothing material like that. I that I feel a need for mm-hmm. uh, right now, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so um, in this uh, podcast, yeah. in, in the end, everyone uh, has to uh, the guests have to choose a song. Yeah. What did you choose?
4: I chose um, "Where Is My Mind" with. Mm-hmm placebo. It's originally made by The Pixies, but there's a cover, um, a remix by Placebo, that I really like.
2: And why do you like it? What what, what is this song to you?
4: Um, it it means everything to me. It's 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 been my favorite song for about ten years uh, since I first heard it. Um, but especially now. Uh, these couple of months have been quite overwhelming and quite chaotic, which is why um, yeah, you'll hear the lyrics, but it's, it's sort of, where is my mind? It's, it's um, it suits very well. All right. Yeah.
2: Thank you it's so pretty... much, Fabian Bolin, for being my guest.
4: Thank you, Lisa. It's been a, a great pleasure. And uh, yeah,
2: I'm happy. And now we're going to listen to the song.
4: Yeah, amazing. <laughs>